0: this concept of let's wait and see (laughs) let's wait and see what happens we already know what's happening like we have enough data points to know what's happening the cool thing about business is it's very linear it's not oh wow i can't believe x occurred it's like no a b c d we know e is almost 99.99 times out of 100 gonna come next so Mm. let's do this because we really do understand what's occurring it's not some black box of magic and not doing anything, not making decisions, that's probably one of the biggest challenges, misconceptions I've seen is because you don't wanna make the wrong decision, you don't make any decision, which is a very bad strategy.
1: Welcome to Super Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Drew Lyon. Drew founded Focused Energy to help businesses succeed by providing financial and operational support. Recognized as the top 25 young professionals of 2020, Drew is considered a trailblazer in financial data welcome drew
0: thank you thank you happy to be here appreciate you having me on
1: it's my pleasure my friend how did you become interested in financial strategies it's a
0: two-pronged approach here i'd say the first was i was working studied finance and accounting came out of college did some tried to do financial advising personal financial advising good good idea probably not the thing for me did i was working for a large corporation in Colorado, it was a utility and I was like doing all the material analytics. Like how do we design something, purchase materials and install it? And it's like a million or a, a mile of high voltage line costs $2 million. So it's like extremely expensive. There's a lot of effort that goes into it. And as I was doing analytics, I found one plus one did not equal 10. Everyone kept reporting 10 and discovered this large fraud, yeah. reported it, told to cover it up. Wow. the SPD of this public company, and we got the corporate BS line of, oh, yeah, that's a problem. We're definitely going to fix that. We care. And I was like, this is just complete bullshit. No one cares here. Like Everyone was just like, do as little as they could to get it over the line. And it really, I just realized corporate wasn't for me. The other thing is I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. Half my family, very successful. The other half Mm. learned all the struggles that comes with being an entrepreneur. And I was in the latter half and so learned a lot of what not to do. And I, at that point, when I reported this fraud, I realized it was a kind of a turning point in my life. And I chose to go into helping entrepreneurs make better decisions with the financial information they have, and simple accounting, finance strategy, cash flow, not just splitting atoms here. And from there, we grew it. And I just realized there's a better way to do finance accounting operations bringing those pieces together to say where you're going and how you're going to get there and it the Mm. fascinating thing to me now after doing it for hundreds of businesses for over a decade it's most businesses have the same problems it doesn't matter whether you're designing rocket Mm. ships or making fidget spinners like it's the Mm. same core issues and good financial strategies like it's just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy, but it's not that geometrically complex.
1: Because once you know the structure of this, especially when you experience it with so many businesses, that gave you that oh, yeah. reality. You know what? At the end of the day, it's, it's all the same.
0: And it's, I think the thing that I really learned the most was entrepreneuring is great. It's awesome. But like mass media has blown up into be this thing where everyone's, like, I want to be an entrepreneur. It's like, no, you don't it's brutal it's like it's constant self-doubt it's you have everybody's expectations to have an answer on you and you're like i don't know you live in constant like you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable and you're Mm. asking and answering questions that you don't know and it's just a very fascinating thing and surrounding yourself with people who can help and there's a lot of people that can help and i've just realized Doing business well, doesn't mean hire a bunch of people and have a huge ego. It's there's so Mm. many resources that you can hire like fractionally now and just make so much Mm. further, better gains and put more capital towards revenue generating activities than Mm. business overhead and hiring a lot of employees and having very senior staff run a business. Don't play business.
1: Yeah. And that's what I always preach as well about mindset, having the proper foundation To handle entrepreneurship, oh yeah, because you need a strong inner world. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's that confidence, and
1: you have to create it if you don't have it. Yeah, gotta cover it.
0: Believe in yourself and know that, like, it's darkest before the dawn, and you just got to keep going.
1: Yeah, keep going. And if you don't have the belief, you get help to help you instill that belief. Because without belief, that's why people just give up. Yeah, and on this journey.
0: But I think that's another thing and that's what I realized about like with when you look at accounting, finance, you look at the numbers, you look at the financial data, understanding where you are, where you're going and how you're going to get there. There's always a way to get to the place you want to be, but there's also realities. Do you have enough capital? Can you get capital? Do you have product market fit? Can you figure out how to get product market fit if you don't? Do you have a market? i think those but the, are the starting
1: reason. point yeah but the starting point would be belief though because if you don't oh, have belief yes. they wouldn't even go even try
0: oh yeah no starting something yeah. like it's all about yeah. passion and it's got to be something in my opinion more than money you can't just be like yes. i want to be super rich no you got to have a passion of, i want to fix this <laughs> or i want to do this better or yeah yeah
1: 100 yeah can you share any common misconceptions through the history of you working with so many businesses when it comes to financial strategies?
0: I think not. A big one is this like concept of let's wait and see. (laughs) Let's hold, let's wait and see what happens. It's no, we already know what's happening. Like we have enough data points to know what's happening. The cool thing about business is it's very linear. It's not, oh wow, I can't believe X occurred. It's like no, A, B, C, D. We know E is almost 99.999 times out of 100 going to come next. So mm. let's do this because we really do understand what's occurring. It's not some black box of magic and not doing anything, not making decisions. That's probably one of the biggest like challenges, misconceptions I've seen is it's because you don't want to make the wrong decision. You don't make any decision, which is... yeah. A very bad strategy. The other misconception is probably thinking revenue is the same thing as cash. And they're two vastly different things. And I was talking to a venture capitalist the other day. And I said, What are the four biggest things you're really looking for out of your CEOs in the boardroom? And it was actually really good. It was like on the fly, it was like the last minute of our like coffee. And he's actually, he's like unit economics. I don't know how they make money. And really, where they make money, and then he was the next thing. He's and he's thinking, he's pondering, and he's rubbing his chin, and he's like cash flow. It's not statement of cash flow, but the elements of networking capital. What levers can you pull that are going to shift your business's cash situation? What are your terms on paying vendors? What are your terms with customers on getting paid? How often are you? How are you repaying debt? And it was understanding how your cash flows, moves and interacts in your business in mm. and out is one of the greatest misconceptions i've ever seen and it causes the greatest issue in any business cuz the great analogy is if a gas if a car doesn't have gas in the engine, or gas tank, it can't go forward. So if a business doesn't have cash in the bank, it can't operate. And so you always have mm. to have cash and yeah. you know, Knowing how to preserve or make more cash or move cash in faster, that is the one of the biggest keys to success.
1: That's the key focus right there. So can you share an example of a financial work that you have done for a business that had a significant impact basically yeah. on their success or failure? Any kind of example that could help? Yeah, you? there's a lot of them. I'd say one something that comes to mind.
0: Yeah, I'd say looking at it was a food business, and when we took over, we looked at the chart of accounts that they had, and they put a lot of their cost of goods sold. The old accountant put a lot of the cost of goods sold down in operating expenses. So, business owner kept saying we're making money on every unit we sell, and I was like, just and it was the first time I'd seen the financials without any real detail, just monthly P and L and balance sheet, and I was like, something just something's wrong though, like. You wouldn't be losing this much money. And mm. as we dug in, we really found out that this, this other accountant, I have no idea why, but like half of the cost of goods sold, they'd put down in the operating expenses. So we moved all the cost of goods sold up to where they needed to be so that we understood you're selling for five. It costs you four, you make one now. Previously, it was because they thought they were making money and everything, they're like, oh. you were only selling for three fifty. You thought you were making $0.50 cents on every single unit. And the challenge with that was we had to go back to the customers and renegotiate the contracts and say, look, we either don't sell you anything and we shut the business down or because they were in like 2000 stores. And wow. so it was a it was not a fun conversation nor a fun activity to have to go back to customers. But it worked say, out. Hey, we got to Yeah. And but it, that's that was like a. Accounting's boring. Cool. No one gives a shit about accounting. (laughs) But it's people (laughs) only care about accounting when it's not right. And this was one of those things of just not knowing and not having the right advice. Another one was it was a like two million dollar AR SaaS business, and we looked at it and we're like, great, you're booking X, and but you're really your your revenue are just staying right right level all the time. You keep booking though. And so you're selling well, but then you fill a bucket up with water. It's got a hole in the bottom. Yeah, you're not going to have too much water in that bucket. And so we realized, hey, there's a churn issue. But there was this emotional capitulation that hadn't yet happened of saying, oh, no, you do have a churn issue. And they hadn't accepted it. They're like, no, we don't. It was a weird, it happens to a lot of businesses where it's just this blind spot. And it was really related to product market fit. They hadn't gone and talked to their customers enough and understood how the customers were using the product, the value they derived from it. And so they had an unnecessarily high churn. And I think it was at like 20% mm-hmm. per annum. And just by looking at it, we put measures in place to measure and report on it, broke down the customers by cohort. We were able to get it from 20% down to 5%, which ended up equating to like something like, it was like a million and a half in extra revenue retained per year, just by paying attention to the right things. And it wasn't even, it was just the CS team. Their attention was put towards, Hey, we got to manage the customers. Talk to them. Here are the ones Mm -hmm. that are, are giving us leading indicators. They may churn. go reach out, see what's up. And so just using data effectively to understand how can we positively impact the business? Let's see. Yeah, no, there's a lot like it's just using financial information intelligently.
1: Making sure to be able to read the data accurately. Oh yeah. At the end of the day. Yes. Yeah. How about artificial intelligence? Has it impacted the landscape?
0: It has, and it will to a much greater degree. I won't have a job. Mm, interesting. Soon. Like my job will oh. go away to a so large are extent. You, are you
1: launching a startup then? <laughs>
0: I'm not. It's. I've realized the value I provide is not necessarily the value we provide as a company, yeah, we do the accounting, we do the finance, but a lot of it is having conversations with business owners. If someone tells you, stop putting your hand on the stove, it's hot, and you're going to keep doing it, you need, for some reason, even though you know you're getting burned every time you do it, you need someone there to be like, stop doing that, you're burning your hand. And that could be, AI will tell you, hey, the stove's hot, it's 700 degrees right now. But for some reason, you keep doing it. So what we really help is with this, like, understanding the information, guiding the companies, that strategy, that'll also get replaced eventually. But what's AI's impact in accounting and finance, once we get a greater degree of standardization, and how we understand financials, and how AI is using that information to automate, to a great degree where, you know, where things are coded, and how that data is understood. Some people might say, hey, if you have Google, and it's a software, or somebody call, some might call it dues and subscriptions, or some might call it online services, or some may call it an office expense. It's just the problem is we haven't yet got mm. to the point where it's all consolidated. It's like, doesn't really matter where you put it. In the chart of accounts, though, it needs to be an operating expense. It's G&A. Great, if you want to put it somewhere else within there, but like AI automating that to a greater degree, they've gotten close, but it's still an imperfect science. That once They'll that ship- get there it'll like really move things very quickly wow that and tax filings like it's going to disrupt it's going to change everything yeah and it's going to automate so
1: much yeah
0: but it's i think people are afraid of it for some reason it's like you might have to yeah, learn something I, from
1: you not that's okay yeah. yeah i think this technology artificial intelligence is going to make our life so much more easier as human being where we can bring out the innate energy that we have within to do bigger things with our time that's what i feel
0: think about some of the greatest moments in history like if you look at over time like creativity it hasn't been like the application of a thing it's been how did we have the genesis of thought to create it fundamental like fundamental truths within almost anything like the invention of a weaving loom or the invention of yeah. Pythagoras' theorem or like it's that ability to have the time yeah. to put to thoughts towards those activities. And I think that's what's going to yeah. – people haven't yet conceptualized yes. how that's going to create so much. And I think novel yeah. I – we're still a few decades away, a couple decades away from novel creative thought in – from a like machine being able to create something. So there's all this time Mm -hmm. that like, I think it'll give us that will enable us to think creatively, to invent new things that no one even thought were possible. Just say it's wild, the pace of invention these days.
1: I definitely relate to your train of thought there because I feel that artificial intelligence will give us more time We'll have abilities to earn more money with ease. We'll have time to spend more time in that power of our imagination. Everything is created twice, right, in imagination than in the physical. So imagine we having more time to spend in our imagination what we are going to create. I think the creation in our world will amplify tenfold and we'll see more and more people Being established financially with this technology, I think it's going to improve the quality of human life.
0: What's cool is, like, in almost every like, I love reading sci fi books. I'll get on the exercise bike and sit there for an hour and just blast through books. And one of the things that's wild to me is if you look back in history when something was conceived of and thought crazy, like, what was it? Back to the future, yeah, got on like the payphone and there was a video box, yeah, like,
1: man, flying cars
0: flying cars like they just approved like a three hundred thousand yeah. dollar for testing yep. like the other day yes, when we think I about something that. it's like wild how our it's that preconceived that self-fulfilling prophecy where we're like we should do this and then like people create it is an insane reality yeah. and i think moving beyond the concept of needing financial means like there's always going to be a need yeah. of transaction yeah. but i think when we realize we don't there's so much. There's many, so, so much, much raw material out there that like we yeah. have such an imbalance in it. I think it'll create a greater degree of balance yeah, so that I that people can not be trying to just survive. They can be living and creating. Yeah, it's
1: good that we chatted about this because I come across, like you mentioned, a lot of people being afraid of it. Who knows who's right and who's wrong. It's nothing like that. It's just everyone's opinions. But I do agree. I think it's going to amplify the quality of human beings' lives. I'm excited. I'm very much excited for it. What are some of the most common mistakes that companies are making in terms of their financial strategy? Hubris?
0: We're definitely going to sell. We're going to go from zero to 10 million units this year. No, you're not. Oh, we're going to sell we're going to treble the business. And all we're going to do is invest 5% more in sales and marketing. It's this belief that it's going to go so much faster. And it's part, it's all really connected as a single thread of that, that hubris, that over exuberance and overconfidence that you figured out something that tens of millions of others haven't. It's not to be, it's not to denigrate this, but it's truly say, you're not that smart. And that's okay. But you haven't figured out something that Mm. all these other people that put years in haven't. So like, it takes a while. You have to invest a lot before you start to see an increase in sales. And it's always slower than you want. And it takes more time. So it's like being very grounded and realistic, not like conservative, but realistic, or having multiple scenarios. I think another one is, especially for actually any stage business where they have a friend in the business or family members. There's always a lot of elements of like, Why you can't make a decision. we're gonna see him at the family barbecue or oh, I've known Jim Bob for 30 years.
1: Oh the the relationship.
0: If you keep poor performing individuals in the business, other people on the team see that. And they that one individual can drag everyone else's performance down to like lowest common denominator. It's a happens a lot though. It's a ton. A ton. And they just can't make the decision to fire those people. Yeah. But I've realized the devil you don't know is always 10 times better than the devil you know. Oh I, oh, I couldn't imagine getting rid of this person. That's going to be, get rid of them. And yeah, it might be a little rough for a couple months, but it's always hard. It. And then not asking questions that, you know, people will be great at telling themselves stories. The best lies you tell are the ones you tell yourself. And you're like, oh no, our customers love our product or our service? Have you asked them? Have you asked them deliberately? Have you asked them repeatedly? People don't wanna ask the questions they don't want the answers to, but that's where the magic is. That's where the, the proof's in the pudding. Go talk to your customers, talk to your staff. Oh, staff aren't that engaged. It's probably because somebody on the team's a yeller or is a megalomaniac or is an asshole, and you just haven't asked the staff, hey, what's going on? How's it working? What could we do better? They'll tell you there has to be trust, though. It's really just talking to your customers and your staff, getting honest, direct, transparent feedback and be OK with getting an answer you don't want. That's what you should actually be going for. Find out why mm. they don't like it, the product or find out why they're not engaged at work like that. It's not a one person band like you have mm-hmm. to have that a sense know, a group of people to make progress. I think those are the biggest things I've seen is yeah. Not yeah, knowing I appreciate that. Cash flow.
1: Definitely, cash flow is a big one. Drew, can you share with us what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in life?
0: It's a combination of like really wanting to help people and not giving a shit what other people think of me. And by combining those confidence, things, it's. Some people are some people say I am confident. I don't think I'm confident. I've put in over a decade of 80 plus hours a week, every week, like hard work, like I've worked my ass off on looking at businesses like all day, like it's, I live, breathe, eat, sleep. Some people are like, that's a lot. Like, yeah, I just love it, though. I love seeing what Businesses can it's do it. It's not
1: work for you. It's love. Yeah.
0: And it's, yeah, maybe confidence, but it's hard won knowledge and experience. Mm-hmm. And I think what I've seen is it's that belief to go back to your earlier part of belief that good, good things can come from yeah. businesses. And when you bring good people together to create a business, good. positive impact in the community is
1: almost sure to happen. You're leading with value that has a, a tremendous force to it. Great Drew. Really appreciate you taking the time to come on our show today and share what you shared. Uh, if there's any final words, please go ahead.
0: I just want to say thanks for having me on. And if if anyone wants to, needs any help with their finance accounting uh, and you're looking for support, come check us out at focusedenergy.org. And we'd love to have a conversation.
1: Thank you so much, audience. Thanks again for joining us for another episode. Appreciate you guys very much.